Welcome to the ultimate crowdsourced personal finance show. This is your Friday Roundup. You're listening to Choose FI Radio. The blueprint for financial independence lives here. If you're looking to unlock the secrets to financial independence and early retirement, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join a community of like-minded people who are getting off the hamster wheel and taking control of their lives in the pursuit of financial independence. Choose FI, your home for financial independence online. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Choose FI radio podcast. We're excited that you're joining us today as we continue to go down the road less traveled. This past Monday, we did the episode, The Why of FI, exploring Brad and my decision tree on why we chose this path that at its very face could seem a little bit unorthodox and certainly contrarian. But we think once you actually dig into it, it is the perfect decision for for the life that we want to live. And we, we took about 30 minutes to really walk you through that. And hopefully it resonated with you. Hopefully it's something that you want to share with somebody else. But today is the day that we like to take a step back from that and actually kind of open the floor up and talk about this a little bit more and a little bit of a less structured setting and bring in our community's feedback as well. And to help me do this, I have Brad here with me today. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing quite well, Jonathan. Everything's going great here. This was a, a fun episode to do on Monday. I, I definitely enjoyed that. I think we did a good job with it. I think it was something that was stressing us out a little bit because in the back of our mind, we wanted to do and do well. And I think we covered it. And I know we have, we got a lot of positive feedback from the community. We also got some comments and things that hopefully we're going to talk about today. So it should be fun. Well, before we get started with that, I got to tell you, Brad, that I had a uh, frugal win. I went to Costco earlier this week as part of my pseudo biweekly Costco run. And someone had been talking about how they really enjoyed the Costco nutrition bars, which they compared to the Quest bars that I know that you're a big fan of. And I finally found them for the longest time. I didn't think that my particular Costco offered them, but I finally found them. I did the price on it and they run around 87 cents a bar. And I got to say the macros look relatively similar to what I know you've raved about with the Quest bars and they're delicious. So I just thought I would let you know that since it essentially would cut your your Quest bar addiction in half. And maybe that's something that you could check out if you wanted to, but it, they're really good. And they come in a, uh, a two pack brownie and cookies and cream. So it's the little things in life that you need to know. And I just thought I'd take a second and share that little win with you today. Yeah, that's a cool one. And yeah, one of our community members, Pat, actually emailed me that just a couple hours ago, which is really interesting that you found that as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not hooked on quest bars by any means. So I, I'm definitely going to look into this. Just why not? If it's if it's essentially the same thing and it's less than half the price, to me, that's an absolute no brainer. I mean, frankly, like the, the reason why I like quest bars, aside from I've heard good things about them, but the guy Tom Bilyeu, who I've spoken about many, many times from the Impact Theory podcast, which is one of my all time favorite podcasts, just to kind of reset like your entire mindset and how you approach the world. And I think that's so powerful as I talk about here on the podcast so often, but he's actually one of the co-founders of Quest. So it's it's uh, partially a support thing and partially just those, I've heard they're good protein bars essentially. So yeah, I'm very open-minded and I appreciate both you and Pat telling me about this. Well, go with Kirkland, go with Quest. Either way, they're delicious and nutritious. 
<laughs> Very nice. <laughs> well, the overarching theme to that is that I'm trying to implement systems in my life, predictable patterns that I can rely on to produce an outcome. And part of that is my overarching fitness goals for the next year. And a theme that we've kind of talked about over and over again is this idea of simplicity and, and using repetition, which prevents decision fatigue to your advantage. And so in my mind, at the, with the place that I am now, there's seven breakfasts that you need to do each week. And I'm alternating now between doing a quest bar on either two or three of those days. Plus, I'm actually taking your suggestions and doing two hard boiled eggs and a black cup of coffee. That's two or three of my seven days. And then on several of the other days, maybe another three days, I'm doing like a egg frittata or scrambled eggs or eggs, avocado, almonds, just this really nutritious breakfast, but it takes a little bit more preparation. But when you add those two together, prevents decision fatigue, will inevitably propel you to the fitness outcome you want to be at. And it's just kind of putting the system in place. So that's been a good experience. And these bars are quickly making my life easier on that front. Yeah, Jonathan, I'm I'm all about that. I think cutting down on decisions just helps you generally. I know when I go downstairs every morning, it's one of two breakfasts. It's Quest bars or eggs. And, you know, I add some vegetables in there and maybe some carrots and peanut butter or almond butter or something like that. But it's really straightforward. I don't need to stress about it. And now with your little hack to save on the protein bars, I just got half off. So uh, not too shabby, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just a great life hack. Just automating different processes that will force an outcome. So let's talk a little bit about uh, just the Monday episode in general. We we did the why of Phi, and I think there's a couple things that are really important. Uh, this episode to me is the most important episode that we will ever do. And I know that sounds overly hyped up, but I want to try to communicate why, in my opinion. There are some very powerful tools that we have discussed and we will continue to discuss. There's a lot of amazing tools out there that we want to find, we want to learn, and we want to share with you. But none of that matters if you don't understand why you're doing it. Now, many of you, the expert five people, the people that have been in the fire community for 10, 15 years, the people that discovered your money or your life for Mr. Money Mustache five years ago, there are many of you in our audience that are still enjoying this stuff. We've tried to create a platform that will engage you and at the same time bring people alongside for that ride. But ultimately, we don't just want to empower you. We want to grow this movement. And, and one of the things that I have found so challenging is explaining my choice to my parents, explaining my choice to my family, maybe my extended family, explaining my choice to my friends, because it's difficult to know where to start. And I don't think there is a way within 30 seconds to, to explain that choice. But what if instead of you trying every single time to start from scratch and come up with a 30 second explanation for why you're saving 70% of your income, you could point them somewhere where somebody had taken the time to unpack over 20 minutes or 30 minutes, a logical decision tree that you can't walk away from. You have to consider it and hopefully take some sort of action. Not everybody's going to make the same choice but at least consider it and understand it. That's what we wanted to get across. That's what we wanted to provide you with, a tool that you can use to understand why you're making these choices, hopefully be able to verbalize it to some degree. And then also when you don't want the pressure of verbalizing it yourself, give you something that you can share with somebody else that will verbalize it for you and get the job done. And isn't it crazy that we have to rationalize why we're saving money as opposed to just the regular people who spend everything? Like that, that is just such, when you really take a step back, that's fascinating from a societal perspective that we're the weirdos. And I say that as tongue in cheek as I possibly can, but like we're the ones that have to explain and we have this 
plan. Whereas everyone else is just kind of blissfully unaware, spending every dollar they have. And frankly, maybe because they've never been educated about it, or they just don't know that much about money, or or they just kind of go through life, whatever it may be. That's the norm, but we're the weirdos. That's just so crazy to me. But now I think hopefully with an episode like this, it can give people an understanding. Like Jonathan said, this wasn't a two hour episode that wouldn't have fulfilled the goal of really explaining to people in kind of an elevator pitch. And that's why we made it a shorter episode. But it really explains why are we doing this? It's not about frugality for frugality's sake or just being cheap. I mean, that's that's the exact opposite. I don't think of myself as cheap at all. That, that never even crosses my mind. It's just I have a plan and it's taking decades of my life back. That is the ultimate luxury. And that to me is it's open and shut. That is an open and shut case that hopefully this episode really helped communicate. We got some feedback on the episode and one of those came from Steph and she said, listening to Jonathan describe the hamster wheel and she said she started to feel dizzy or anxious. And the second half of that was Steph actually hosted a meetup and the people that came together actually started with what was their particular why of FI. This is the conversation starter in the FI community. It's not what do you do for a living. It's why did you choose this path? And people latch onto this concept for different reasons. Their why at face value can look radically different. But once you get out of the way of that and you start to dive deep into their motivations, you start to see some commonalities. Usually what it comes down to is this idea of allocating your time in a way that brings you more value. Being able to invest that time in the people that you care about in the relationships that you get value from. And personally, for me, that's what I found the most rewarding. And Brad, let me tell you, this Saturday, uh, for the first time ever, I took my Saturday morning, I took my wife and my son, and we just went to the library. And we hung out at the library from 9 a.m. to basically lunchtime. It was just, can I use the word glorious? It was glorious. It was the most relaxing period of time. Amazing, amazing quality time. We weren't glued to a TV set. I I wasn't even reading a book. I was just taking a step back, enjoying the peace that comes with not having a never ending to-do list that has you freaking out because you have to go back on Monday. I mean, when you can recapture your time and instead of using it, but cringing, knowing what you have piling up in the background, you can just be present. That's a powerful sensation. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's just like a reorientation on life, right? As opposed to type A, go, 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 check everything off and do X, Y, and Z in a weekend. You can just say, hey, maybe I'll, I'll enjoy that time with my wife and my son better if we just kind of chill out and enjoy each other's company. And yeah, I mean, there's really, there's great value there. So I know we're focusing a lot on this and getting away from the numbers and just getting toward the psychology. But as you probably picked up from me over these 60 episodes, I would argue the psychology is more important than the numbers. It's not even like a 50-50 thing. It's that if you get your psychology and you get your brain straight, the rest of it falls into line because you have your why. And that is crucial. You Once you have your why, it's easy to cut the cord on your cable and to not buy an expensive new car because you have that guiding light to, I want a better life. And then all these other decisions fall into line. So I think it's important that we, of course, always focus on the numbers and ways to save money and smart things to do to invest. And believe me, we are certainly going to get back to that. We're always going to intersperse the real in-depth interviews with the urns of the world, or we're going to speak to the 
blogger behind Retirement Manifesto soon on drawdown strategies. That is always going to be a focus of this podcast. But the psychology, man, you have to get that right. You have to get it right from the beginning. And this is an episode you can listen to again and again just because it is so fundamental. Now, Brad, I got to say, there was very specific feedback that I was hoping to get about this episode. What I wanted to see was somebody say, finally, I was able to give this someone that didn't get it and I saw the light bulb go off. And it took several hours, but Stacy messaged us and she said, Brad and Jonathan, I cannot thank you enough for this episode. I sent it to my husband to listen to as he still was not quite understanding what my thoughts were on our goals and still had the are you nuts, quote unquote, gleam in his eye when we would discuss them. He was on fire. Pun was completely intended here after listening to the episode. Next up, Pillars of Fi. She said, thanks guys for your hard work on this relatable episode. That's it, man. It's this idea of giving you the ability to explain what to me and you is such an obvious choice, but it's difficult to explain it when you're starting from scratch. Where do you start? And I would have loved to have done this just as our episode one, but Brad, I don't think I completely understood it going into it. I knew enough of it that the light bulb had gone off and I got that working towards this was going to be a good thing, but it took talking to now 30 some odd people about their specific decision tree and grabbing all of these different tools, this psychology, that their wins and losses. It helped me turn that personally into a story that for me resolved this decision tree in my mind. Yeah, I completely agree. This has been a journey for both of us. Right. And it would be interesting for us to go back and listen back from episode one and hear the change in the language that we use, hear the change in the focus, because I think there clearly has been that change. And like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, it's important to get that why right and to get the psychology down. And I think you personally, Jonathan, have seen that change in yourself just over these handful of months. I'd love to hear more about that, how you thought about this concept of financial independence when you were first introduced to it. And like, I know you are, as you say, the reluctant frugalist and a lot of it came down to dollars and cents, but now it seems like that has shifted a little bit. I think it would be interesting personally for me to hear it and for the audience to hear it as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool. This has definitely been a journey for me. And I want to say that when the light bulb went off for me initially, I have these very distinct moments in time where a concept has crystallized for me. But it wasn't a worldview at that point. It was more just a individual little light bulbs that to me said, ooh, that might be a good idea. Somebody else is winning by doing that. So the shockingly simple math of early retirement, which talked about savings rate, was a big one. Another light bulb moment was J.L. Collins sharing his concept of index investing. It really gave me a sense of inner peace about my investing strategy. Another one was travel rewards, kind of how I could just be do things a little bit smarter, things that other people were hemorrhaging money on. I could just find a way to just be a little bit more clever with things that I was already doing and now travel the world for free. Those are these wonderful concepts but they're not a worldview. It's not a way of life. They're just individual levers that you can pull and they're very powerful, but to some degree they're in a box. Over the past 30 or 40 episodes though, I have started to craft a philosophy, like a guiding philosophy for my decision tree and everything goes together now. And so for me, I've latched onto your idea of simplicity. I've latched onto the idea of pursuing happiness instead of stuff. I think before I just needed to have something. There was no space between stimulus and response. I saw the ad on TV. I purchased the item. I never considered that. Uh, I went through the mall. I saw the display object. I purchased it. I saw the, my friends would tell me about the vacation and they said it was awesome. So I did that. And I never considered the cost. 
now there's this huge space because I'm starting with this idea of purchasing my freedom by going down the path of phi, and we're going to call it being a firewalker, right, Brad? Yeah, and that's a cool new term that was coined by one of our members in the Facebook group, Cody. He had this really remarkable post, and I almost felt bad because the biggest takeaway in the comments was how cool that term firewalker was. And I was like, oh, Cody just spilled his heart out here, and it was it was incredible, but yet everybody just focused on firewalker. Still, it is documented for perpetuity. Like If you're in the Choose FI community and you're on the path, you're a firewalker. We're going to roll with that. So that's that was really, really cool. Cody, thanks for sharing. But honestly, I think what brought it together is these different guests that brought on aspects that I didn't expect. When we started this show, I never in my wildest dreams imagined that we were going to bring Dominic Cortuccio on. And that was such a game-changing episode for me about designing a future that you can get excited about and that you want to live into. The other half of that was... I never in my wildest dreams imagined that we were going to get Alan Donegan on to unpack the side hustle and really validate that as a full on pillar of Phi. Without a doubt, in my mind, the side hustle is a distinct pillar of Phi that I latch onto more and more the farther we go down this path. And when you tie these concepts together, you tie in your savings rate, you tie in travel rewards, you tie in designing your future, you tie in intentional living, you tie in the fact that health and wealth go hand in hand, you tie in efficiency, simplicity, you tie in time with families, you tie in the side hustle. If you are just looking at FI as just the 4% rule, that in and of itself is an extremely limiting belief in my opinion. It is way more than that. And if you can hit happiness on the way to fight and you realize that every single morning you're waking up with a smile on your face because you're excited about what the next eight to 12 hours are going to bring your way, that feels like success to me. You know, and many times we talk about success being whether or not your 4% rule was too much or whether or not you need to go to 3.5 or whether or not you can go up to 5% withdrawal rates. All that's fine. And I encourage you to look into the math and go through the episodes that talk about that. But if along the way, on the path to FI, you realize that you've hit happiness by latching onto these other tools and concepts and you are in a good place, that feels like winning. And Brad and I just want to contribute to that. Yeah, that's really powerful, Jonathan. I, I love that. So thank you for the explanation. And I just kind of want to drill down a little bit more, if you don't mind, like the reluctant frugalist, right? That That's something you've always called yourself, but you just described this sea change for you mentally, right? Like how you approach FI and more importantly, how you approach your life. I almost get the sense that you don't value those things anymore. That like, even if you won the lottery, not that you'd be playing the lottery, but if you won the lottery and you had $10 million tomorrow, like I don't think you would go back to getting those Amazon packages five times a day. Like I I just find that hard to imagine because you've reoriented what matters in your life. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, certainly, but like, I'd love to hear, like, do you think you've fundamentally changed as a person in that regard? And if not, like, just give us more info. Hmm. I'd have to think about that more, but, but I do agree with you that something has shifted. I do still spend money. It's still, I am still a spender, but I think when you look at what I'm actually purchasing, the items that I purchase now tend to be more focused on personal development. Uh, it's things that will allow me to, I guess, hit my fine number faster because they're usually going to be business related to help me either achieve my long-term goals to improve some aspect of my life. And so I think that, that the mental construct that, that I work from is definitely different. And I can give you a couple examples. I just recently purchased several of the Tim Ferriss books. Um, I will often go to the library now first to see whether or not I can get them for free. But 
when I'm putting my money into something now, it's, I want to learn everything that I don't know. And I want to do that in the most efficient way possible. So yeah, I mean, am I still a reluctant frugalist? Sure. But I got to say, when I look at things that I've purchased over the past you know, six months, it's a radical reorientation when I look at my motivation. I don't think that I, I haven't bought any clothes within the last six months. I, I can't even go into a TJ Maxx and look at clothes and in any way, shape or form, be excited about them. I'm contemplating doing a no spend month because I get joy out of doing challenges where I stretch myself to some degree. It's that intentionality. It's kind of this new, exciting lever that I'm pulling that in the past I couldn't do because Buying stuff was a way for me to cope with my unhappiness or my stress levels. I don't really present stress. I'm this kind of wall of pseudo superficial optimism sometimes that is a way of masking. I don't want to put my own burdens onto other people. And that is a cover, a facade to some degree that I could use at work to shelter me from a lot of the emotional stuff that you would have to deal with in my role. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to I don't have to make up for that. I don't have to cope for that. I don't have to purchase stuff to help feed my ability to just present that facade. And so as a result of that, I don't need to buy as much stuff anymore. And instead of focusing on masking my unhappiness, I just focus on happiness. That was a very real concept for me. And you know it's funny, I actually had a couple other we we have a couple other pharmacists on our in our Facebook group that were, I think they were feeling my stress at a very real level. And they were kind of identifying with some of the stuff that I, that I was saying there. So I don't know if that's unique to my profession, but it was interesting to me that there were several other pharmacists that were said they literally teared up hearing me describe the hamster wheel. And Brad, what about you? I mean, someone called us the dynamic duo. And I'm just going to say for the record, I refuse to be Robin. I have a way better Batman voice than you do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but having said that, I do think we as a pair, we bring something to the table and also a perspective that the other one doesn't have. So I'm just curious, how has this journey that we've been on the last 50 to 60 episodes, how has this changed your perspective? Has it just validated everything that you already believed? Or has there been any sort of pivot, any sort of realization or actualization uh, that you've experienced as a result of having done these 60 some odd episodes now? Yeah, you know, Jonathan, that that's a really deep question. I'm not sure that I've I've given it enough thought since you're just kind of posing it to me, but I don't think anything has has dramatically changed, but I think a lot of what I've believed and a lot of what I've thought has been reinforced by this community. And I know I do talk about community a lot, but I think I've come to realize that community and friendship and connections with people matter more to me than I even thought. And it's funny, it's like in my real life, my actual life here in Richmond, like the community that I have here is not as robust or as perfect as, as I'd like it to be. I've tried to get get togethers or just do stuff, but people are so busy and it really, frankly, is frustrating. It's a, it's a big source of frustration for me because I do get so much value from being with friends and interacting and doing fun stuff. And it's hard because everybody else's life is so busy. Whereas like I look at Laura and myself and we are basically retired, you know, so I understand I have a different outlook on life and I think I've been able to take that step back, but sometimes I almost wonder like, have I taken too far a step back? Am I realizing what everyone else's life around me is like? And I think that is a little bit of a frustration for me, honestly. And, but that said, then I see the choose of I community and I see the people 
that I've gotten a chance to get to know. And, you know, I had a phone conversation with Matt from our Facebook group who has a ton of knowledge about real estate and just a ton of knowledge about life. And we have a lot in common. We hopped on the phone and I spoke with him for an hour yesterday. And that was that was just fantastic. And I got a lot out of it. I love speaking with Matt and that kind of connection just simply would not have been possible without this podcast and without this community. And it's not just limited to me. Like I hope there are people out there and we talked about setting up meetup groups throughout the country in different cities. And we've had a lot of people step forward with offering to be the local meetup leader in in their city. And if, if you are interested in that, just send us an email to feedback at choosefi.com and just say, hey, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'd love to I'd love to be the meetup leader. And it doesn't have to be something big. It can be once or twice a year. You just get together with that community and you just never know who you're going to find that becomes a lifelong friend or becomes someone you can text every couple of days about your frugal win. And like, it just becomes this reinforcing thing where you're just working with each other and helping each other get to fi or just whatever, right? And it could be anything. And I think honestly, you kind of hit on it, but I don't think you even realized the biggest thing that was the surprise to me. And I believe truly it was the, the shocking thing to you was just that the community came to life. And that people found the show looking for a personal finance show, not realizing that what they really were looking for was community, was connecting with people, um, sure, digitally in our Facebook group. But then that next step, which in my mind is still shockingly rare, is that we are actually seeing this turn into physical connections, people actually being able to meet up with like minds in their local zip code. Or forget zip code. Sebastian emailed us about being the the fi, the local meetup leader in Dubai. This is a, a global thing. And the message of pursuing this idea of happiness resonates with people all around the world. And I think that as we see this story build, right alongside that, we're going to see the community grow. And right alongside that, we are go- it's going to open up doors for us to find like minds in our community. Trust me, I don't care what city in this country you are living in, there are hundreds of people in your area that are interested in FI. We just need to find a way of connecting these like minds. And what's really cool is when you have this first meetup and you're wondering, what do I talk to them about? In almost every other social group that I can imagine, the conversation usually starts with, what do you do? And then the next question right behind that that isn't asked is, how much do you make? <laughs> and and that allows us to assess how to interact with each other. What's our, what's our role? But in the FI community, you could care less. It's what is your why? Tell us your story. And that is, it's a game changer. I've experienced it personally and it's so rewarding. Brad, community, is that the thing that shocked you? Yeah, I guess that that is a great way to summarize it. And I, I think I was kind of rambling with my answer. So thank you for uh, you know putting a bow on that. that. That really is it. It's not only A, that the community has grown so quickly and that people are are jumping into this but B, that it was so important to me. And I think, I think I've realized that over the last six months to a year. And I want to do everything I can to grow my own community here locally and then whatever we can do with this podcast. I mean, we do have many, many people listening to it and what we can do to help grow these connections throughout the country and throughout the world. It just it really means a lot to me. Brad, the other thing that we come to over and over again is just that 
all these storylines come together. When you treat Phi as a worldview, as an overarching way of living, it all ties together. When you guys, surely at this point, you see how everything is connected. And when you view Phi as a life optimization strategy, you can't separate these things out. So you're saying to yourself, well, how does design your future apply to sequence of returns? Well, this voicemail that we got from Jeff perfectly illustrates how how all of that comes together and how you tie all of that to flexibility and how you tie it to the pillars of phi. So you're asking, how could this possibly happen? So if you give me just a second, I'm going to go and play this. Hey guys, this is Jeff. Just got done listening to an interview with Big Earn on sequence of return risk and um, thought it was a great episode. Really got a good insight on um, the aspect of being unlucky depending on when you get in, when you get out. And sometimes with luck, there is no control over that. So as a natural person who likes to think outside the box, my natural instinct was, okay, if I have no control over the market, what do I have control over? So what came to mind was the natural hedge would be uh, gravitating towards a minimalist lifestyle. I think before I got into FI, minimalism was something I had been working on and continue to work on. And I'm starting to get to the point where minimalism is at the point where I've kind of quenched my consumer urges. So I can actually walk into a mall and not buy anything, or I can walk past a, a billboard or watch a commercial and it really has no effect on me. Now, again, that's something I've worked on for many years and still continues to work on, but it's helped me to have a natural edge so that in an economic downturn, I can live with less and be content. Another thing that I've started to do was with the sequence of risk return, I started to come up with some other budgets that would mitigate any sequence return risk I might run into. So for instance, if I plan on living on 40K, I might have a budget for 40K, but I've also created one for 35K, 30K, and 25K. And this allows me to have flexibility within my budget. So if I get $10,000 less, I can still withdraw, but I can still have a standard of living that wouldn't necessarily hurt my nest egg. On top of that, another thing we've started to look at is geo-arbitrage. I think it, the more it's becoming more and more important, the more I listen that geo-arbitrage may be a major pillar to FI. So if within my 40K budget, um, say I'm renting and I'm, and I'm, and I'm paying $1,600, well, I need to have the flexibility and the, the ability to move from maybe a $1,600 a month apartment to a $1,300 apartment. So I can do that within my own city. If I, and I've actually started looking at different um, uh, sections of my city that I currently live in to make that happen. And also there are other sections of the country or the state that I currently live in where I can find reasonable housing at a significantly less smaller price that would help to mitigate any downturn. I've also not only looked at large scale items, but small scale items. So within my 40,000 budget, I may have AT&T as my phone carrier, but within a $25,000 budget, I may say eight scrap AT&T and go to re- with Republic Wireless, or maybe just scrap that all together and go with some free version of a phone or um, a way to co- communicate through Wi-Fi or uh, the computer. So, you know, these are the things that you kind of do to sort of offset what you have no control over. Look at what you do have control over and start to, to theorize how that would work. Another great thing that I thought about was really um, working on that side hustle. I think it's very realistic that everybody in the FI community can develop a side hustle that is could bring in anywhere from five to $10,000 
per year with minimal work. So one of the things that I've been doing is working on a side hustle, but hopefully I'll be able to develop that side hustle to the point where I can count on that five to $10,000. So it would be active surplus in good years where there are no market downturns, but also could sort of um, uh, use as a stopgap in bad years. So that's what I got from there. You know, really focus on what you have control over and not worry so much about what you do not have control over. So love the podcast, love what you guys do and uh, thanks a lot. Brad, how amazing is that? Yeah, this is one of my favorite voicemails of all time. I mean, Jeff just knocked it out of the park on almost every single level. And and this ties in so many of the various concepts and threads that we've talked about over the last 60 plus episodes. You know, first, minimalism. While minimalism itself might not be for everybody, I think the concept of cutting expenses and getting your lifestyle creep back under control, right? And and being intentional about how you spend your money. Now, that could or could not mean that you live a minimalist lifestyle in a 300 square foot tiny home. I mean, that's almost beside the point. It's just getting those expenses under control because as Jeff said, what do you and do you not have control over? And you clearly have control over your expenses. Now, there's a big argument kind of in the FI community over what's more important. Is it cutting expenses or getting a larger income and and just growing that gap? And I can see both sides. Some people definitely subscribe to the theory of just earn as much money as you can and therefore you have a significant amount of savings. But to me, as Jeff said, it's about that control. So I do have control over my expenses and also because of just the simple and undeniable math of FI, which again, we talk about as a very back of the envelope of this 4% rule. Now, that just means basically you take your yearly expenses and you multiply by 25 and that gets you to your FI number because you can live off of 4% of that number. Now, this is very back in the envelope because as we talked about with Big Earn, he thinks it's probably closer to 3.5% or even 3.25% if you want to be ultra conservative and basically get yourself to 100% certainty that no matter sequence and returns or any of that kind of stuff. But we can argue around the margins because then you get someone like Joel from Phi 180 who thinks that the 4% rule is entirely too conservative. So all that aside, we like to use the 4% rule as a general rule of thumb for FI. And if you keep your expenses lower, then just by definition, your FI number is dramatically lower, right? So at 40,000, your FI number is a million dollars. And at $30,000 of yearly expenses, your FI number is $750,000. So that's a huge, huge difference. And like Jeff said here, he is able to create these different budgets for different eventualities. And that is all about flexibility, which is another huge aspect that we touch on here, which he is saying, okay, maybe my perfect lifestyle in five would be 40,000. But if something outside of his control happens, like what Earn talked about with sequence of return risk, maybe the first five to seven years after you hit FI and pull the trigger, maybe there's a prolonged and significant downturn in the market. Okay, well, Jeff has it set because he has flexibility. He has these different budgets. I think he said all the way down to 25,000. So that's cutting $15,000 off of his only $40,000 a year budget, that's nearly 40% down, that he's already figured out, hey, what do I do if I need to put this into effect? And that might be 
geo arbitrage, right? Like that's something he said might be a pillar of thigh. And Jonathan and I talk about this all the time, even just within the US. Like I've said previously, I did geo arbitrage just in my own life of moving from a high cost of living area in New York down to Richmond, Virginia. And he, I assume in these different budgets has maybe even moving to a ultra low cost of living area, like Thailand or Mexico or something like that. Like who, who knows, but at least he's prepared and he's thinking about these eventualities in well in advance. And we talked about that on a recent Friday roundup, just one of the last couple, which is kind of game planning what you'll do mentally when something happens. And that's not insignificant, right? I think we talked about that downturn or if the market drops 30%, which it inevitably will. I don't know if it'll be this year or 50 years from now, but there will be a time in a calendar year where the market drops 30%. It's, it's going to happen, I can assure you that. What will you do? Well, if you just react after it happens, then you're almost inevitably gonna make an error in my estimation. But if you game plan this out and think about it, think about like what Jeff did, come up with some options or listen to this podcast and talk about how we talk about the, the mindset of it. Your mindset is important. So priming and preparing yourself for that eventuality will help you immeasurably from not just making a reflexive and emotional decision. So those were the big takeaways that I had from just voicemail. And again, that is one of the most insightful and wonderful voicemails I've ever listened to. So in the spirit of everything being connected, I think that this is the perfect place to talk about the side hustle. As Jeff was pointing to, you just need to use a little bit of creativity. And our audience knows that going back to the end of July, beginning of August, we initiated a contest partnering with Alan Donegan from Pop-Up Business School. And Alan offered to host this contest and actually help someone take their idea from the drawing pad and actually turn it into a real life startup, side hustle, or business. So practically what that means is that the winner of this contest is going to get one to two years of free coaching from Alan Donegan. So we convened a panel of people from our Facebook group to help us pick out six finalists. And they went through all the audio submissions. And first of all, huge thank you to the people on the panel. We realized that that was you giving up your own time just to help with this project. And we're very grateful for you for doing that. Uh, we have six finalists. We're going to present three of those for you today. And our Facebook group is going to be able to vote on which one of those you would like to see win this competition. We'll repeat it next week with the other three finalists. And then ultimately, we'll settle on one of these two individuals. And then from there, we'll bring Alan back on. We'll do a full-on podcast with this individual, and we will just start exploring this. Along the way, we've actually spoken with Keith from Wealthy Accountant. He's going to help partner with us to help walk us through all the tax considerations and ways to optimize from his perspective. So even if you didn't win this contest, you are absolutely going to benefit from this journey because this is going to give you a framework that you can apply to your own unique situation because the tax code affects all of us. Doesn't matter what the focus of your business is, we all have to use the same IRS tax code. So hopefully this is something that you can lean on as well over the coming year. So anyways, all that being said, things are getting real. This is going to be a lot of fun and we're excited that you're joining us uh, for this. Oh, and by the way, to our audience, I, I'm sure that as you listen to these, you are going to want to be a part of this voting process. And we encourage many of you have already joined our Facebook group. There's over 3000 of you in that Facebook group now, but 
we have tens of thousands of people in our audience. And if you want to vote for which individual you want to see win this contest and which journey you want to follow, just go to choosefi.com slash Facebook, and we will send you the link to join that Facebook group with over 3,000 members, hundreds of active threads every single day. Honestly, in my opinion, it's the backbone of the show. It adds so much value to what we're trying to accomplish, and we hope that you'll consider joining us there. So our first finalist is Rachel. Hi, guys. Um, My name is Rachel, and I am so excited to be leaving this voicemail to enter the giveaway to work with Alan. I have been listening to the podcast for a while, and I love it. Thank you so much, Brad and Jonathan, for all that you do to inspire and motivate the rest of us on the FI journey. And I like legitimately almost fell off my bike when I heard about this giveaway (laughs) to work with Alan and you guys. So um, a little bit about me and why I want a side hustle. My husband and I got started on the path to financial independence about six months ago when I randomly picked up Dave Ramsey's book. Um, Our experience with Dave Ramsey is similar to what you guys had talked about on the podcast, meaning that I really loved his book and I read it in like a day, actually. I read his second book really quickly as well, but while we loved his whole idea of maintaining a frugal lifestyle and living within your means and we were fired up about budgeting and saving up for retirement, we also realized that of his seven steps, we were on like step six. And step seven was like, be rich and live. So we kind of had this feeling of, well, now what? Apparently we're doing it right, but we want to make it go faster. So um, we were a little lost and we didn't feel like his books outlined where we were going. So that's about when I started looking around and I found your podcast and I just totally fell in love with everything that's talked about on here. So part of the reason that I would like to do a side hustle is I really love my nonprofit job and I don't want to quit just to make more money, but I don't make a lot in nonprofit. So I would really love to increase my income and pursue something more entrepreneurial. Um, I do work full time, but I have a very flexible schedule and I often work from home, usually two to three days a week. So I know you guys are looking for someone who has the time and the energy to pursue a side hustle. And I definitely have both of those things. My idea would be to open a cake baking and decorating operation out of my home. So here are the things that I already have. I already have the time to do this because I work from home two to three weekdays already. And I have a very flexible schedule, like I said, and my nights and weekends are free. I estimate that I have about 25 to 30 hours to spend side hustling during the work week alone, not including weekend time. I definitely have the energy and passion to do this because I've been doing it for the last 10 years since high school. So I won't burn out, but I just haven't been paid for it before. I've only asked friends or family to cover the costs. Um, when I make stuff for them. And I already have clients lined up, individuals who have expressed interest and um, the organization I work for is interested as well. And I do have the time to go on the podcast. That will not be a problem. I'm a very transparent person and I love the idea of sharing my own struggles and mistakes and what I'm learning. Um, I think we're all in this together. So I want to share so that everyone else listening can too, because I know that's been very helpful for me listening to other people's stories. What I need help with is setting up and dealing with taxes, retirement accounts, that kind of thing. Some of the logistics of dealing with like the health department and licensing, if that's even necessary, a little bit of help managing maybe how to balance a side hustle and this on the side and then how to go about like setting up how to order cakes and like maybe a website and delivering that kind of thing. 
some of the logistical items, basically all the the good stuff that Alan and his team are already pros at. Um, I think that that should be all you need for me, so I will sign off. But I just wanted to take this time to say a huge thank you again for all the FI advice and motivation you guys are putting out there on the podcast. You guys are awesome, and I feel lucky to be part of this community. So thank you. Rachel, I'm so glad that you sent us in this voicemail submission. Um, Brad and I, I just want you to know this whole time, we are going to do our very best to be somewhat dispassionate. That way we can really allow our Facebook group to have their full say on who they want to see be the finalist. But just to to Rachel and to all of our applicants, I just want you to know that every single one of these voicemails to us, we just had adrenaline the entire time we were hearing it. And it was it's super exciting for us to be a part of this. Yeah, I just want to echo what Jonathan said. We listen to every single one of these submissions multiple times, and it's painful, honestly, that every single person doesn't get a chance to either appear on the podcast or work with Alan. But fortunately, this is a competition, and we did open it up to the panel and now our Facebook group. But please know that that we loved every minute of listening to those submissions, and it means the world to us that that you wanted to be a part of the show and, and community. All right, so our next finalist is Alex and Greg. Hi, Alan, Jonathan, Brad, and the Choose FI community. This is Alex. And this is Greg. And we want to win because we know a successful side hustle will let us reach FI sooner, allowing us to spend more time with our children before they grow up. Yep, Alex and I have been best friends for almost 20 years since we met in school way back in 1999. And we both recently discovered the fire and choose FI community. Actually, to tell you the truth, it was Alex who found it and then turned me on to it. And he did it after the Power of Partnerships podcast. That's correct, Greg. Once I heard it, I wanted my best friend on this journey with me. Man, my wife Steph and I sure are glad you did. Absolutely. We are very fortunate to have our wives on board and we are making great progress. That we are. And to give you guys a little bit of a background about ourselves, I have been on the hamster wheel in the IT industry since that 1999 class. And I started in the IT field for a few years before my entrepreneurial spirit took over. And I started a business which crashed and burned. It was a humbling experience. However, it did help me launch a career into the defense industry. And I'm now a product designer that specializes in body armor and tactical gear for the military. Body armor and tactical gear. Man, that's cool. America! It is fun, Greg. Unlike my job. Anyway, as we've listened to all the Choose FI podcasts, we've become significantly more interested in side hustles. Especially after the episode with Alan Donegan. I first heard Alan on the Matt Finds' podcast and have been following his pop-up business school website and excellent weekly video tutorials since. Then after hearing him on Choose FI and hearing about the contest, I knew it was a dream come true. Then Alex called me up and we started brainstorming several great ideas. And several bad ones. Come on, Alex, there are no bad ideas in brainstorming. True, true. And we were excited at the opportunity to discuss them with Alan, Brad, and Jonathan. Yep, and the power of partnerships allows us to dedicate twice the amount of time for our side hustle. Even though we both work full-time, together with our wives' help, we're willing to dedicate more than 30 hours a week combined. That's right. We strive to be positive examples of the powers of power of partnerships. We motivate and support each other on our path to FI. And we're excited at the opportunity to have such a great motivated coaching team to help us start and grow a business successfully. Thank you for listening and we hope you choose us. All right. And then our other finalist today is going to be Dan. Hey guys, I'm a Dan and I guess I'm a thrifty McMaker, I've been called. And I design and build prototypes for people. So I've got 16 years in the natural gas uh, energy R&D industry. And the last six of those, I 
through the finger at the corporate engineering firm job, and I've been self-employed. So I've come up with an idea that is outside the realm of my silo, as you guys say, and it's just stumping me. It's a portable hammock, and it's kind of a in-thing right now, hammocks, so this is kind of prime. But I've already built a prototype. I've done some testing on it. Uh, I can hold... 500 pounds, so it's more like a portable love seat than a portable hammock. And I don't know where to go from here. Do I, I? Some days I wake up and I think Shark Tank. Some days it's oh, I got to do Kickstarter. I have, I've got contacts from Eno, from Kelty. I've, I've, I've been so close to just uh, biting it and thinking maybe I just sign an agreement with them. I haven't done any discussions with anybody. This is something that is just. Every time I think about it, or I'm at a at a music fest or somewhere, I can see these things everywhere. What's unique about it is the fact that it sets up instantly. It's more like a camping chair than it is a portable hammock. You you carry it, you set it down, and you hop in it. When you're done, you fold it up and you carry it away. And it's on my side of things. I've been playing around with the design for a while to the point where I can make it commercially feasible, but where to attack it from here, I don't know. So help me. I'm actually at a point in my company right now where I do not plan on taking on any more R&D projects for the next year, and I want to focus on this. So that's going to leave me with at least 50% of my time to devote to this, whereas the other 50%, I'll still be on the fabrication of my currently selling tools within my natural gas silo which comes pretty much naturally to me. But anything I can get out of this would be spectacular. I mean, I would love to be the one to buy Alan Tacos, but if it's uh, just a one-way street where I'm just going to be listening to the podcast, I still will be there and taking home everything I can. This is something that will be out there within the next two years, but if I can get help, it would be a huge leg up. I really appreciate you guys' time and... Thanks for all the great suggestions and tips you guys have. Thanks. All right. To our finalists, thank you so much for your submissions. Now, if you did not hear your name today, we have next week, we will be revealing the other three finalists. But if you did hear your name today, that means that you are absolutely in the running for this. And our, as soon as this airs, we are going to post the poll on our Facebook group, which if you're not part of that group, you can go to choosefi.com slash Facebook. Everybody that is in that group will have one vote. You can only vote once for the finalists that are in that poll. So pick the one of the three that you want to see, get this coaching from Alan Donegan. And then we'll repeat the process the following week with the other three finalists. All right. There are some other winners that we are absolutely going to be announcing today. This is kind of a, this is a huge roundup and it's specifically targeted to our community. So we are going to be announcing the giveaway for the camp in Florida. We had over 70 submissions for that camp drawing, which just a very personal level to our community. Thank you so much for your support. I mean, you're validating and in my mind, the level of energy that Brad and I are trying to put into creating a product that serves you and gives you information that you can use. And we just very much want to let you know how much we appreciate you taking time out of your day to do that for us. Very, very grateful. But today we are going to announce the winner for the drawing to camp. All right, Jonathan, the winner is Ed. And Ed said, love the podcast. The casual banter about an important topic makes it easy to listen to and absorb these complex topics. 
All right, Ed, thank you very much. And we are looking forward to meeting you. Uh, Jonathan and I will both be down there in early January outside of Gainesville, Florida. And yeah, it should be great. And we will get in touch. Congratulations, Ed. We'll see you there, buddy. All right, Brad. Now that we did say that we're going to do the same thing that we've been doing for the last several months, which is a drawing for a book that we found useful. And we do two books. We have The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins, and we have Dominic Cortuccio's book, Design Your Future. And just for future reference to our audience, if, if you want to be in that drawing going forward, uh, all you have to do is just go to choosefi.com slash iTunes. Just follow the instructions there. Leave us a short written review, and then just send us a message to feedback at choosefi.com, letting us know that you left the review and what screen name you left it under so that we can match you up. And then every Friday on the Friday roundup, we announce the winners and we do one book for every five written reviews that we get. So we got a lot of written reviews this week. Uh, Brad, how many books are we giving away today? Yeah, just this last week, we got... 40 reviews sent in. So we are giving away eight books. So yeah, this is the uh, the big Friday roundup of giveaways. So we're going to try to quickly read eight written reviews from iTunes. All right. And the first winner is Chris. And Chris said, this podcast and its all-star guests from the financial independence and early retirement community is, to borrow a phrase, a game changer. Chooseify is quickly becoming the warehouse of all things fire. Brad, Jonathan, and their guests are out to prove that we don't have to play by all the old rules. We can take control of our present and build a future most people only dream of. Since discovering this podcast in March, I've devoured every episode as they are released every Monday and Friday. I actually look forward to the Monday morning commute to work because there is always a new show and great ideas from every show. Keep up the great work, gents. Because of you, the fire is spreading. You know, Brad, I love doing this particular portion of the show because I love seeing how Fi has changed someone's life. And when you guys take the time to share it with us like this, uh, it gives us a chance to see how this choice that Brad and I have found so powerful is, is improving your life and helping you design the future you want to live into. It's, it's very, very cool. All right, Jonathan, the next winner is Kyle. And Kyle says, life-changing material. Brad and Jonathan have done something amazing here. I am a fee-only, a CFP, certified financial planner who works with people all the time to achieve early financial independence, and I charge them hourly for it. The material that this podcast pulls together would put me out of business if everyone took it seriously and followed the principles and action steps they outlined throughout the episode, which would be great. Then I could retire early. The topics they dive into are advanced on many levels, but are presented in a very actionable way. Listen to every episode from the beginning. It will change your life. This is not hokey, get rich stuff. It is the real deal. I just wish I could get the rest of my industry to listen to this material and change the way they work with clients and change their own personal finances. Keep up the great work, guys. Kyle. All right, our third winner is Susan. And Susan says, I look forward to listening to Jonathan and Brad every Monday and Friday. They have excellent interviews with leaders in the FI community. They also do an excellent job of compiling FI information and presenting it to their listeners in an entertaining manner. I wish this podcast had existed 10 years ago when I started my FIRE path. I'll be retiring in 2018. Yay. I will continue to listen to this podcast twice a week for many years to come. And our next winner is Chris. And Chris says, worth every penny. This is hands down one of the best podcasts I've listened to, not just based on the specific topic, but I'm talking in the big picture of things. I usually get tired of a podcast after 10 or 15 episodes, or I dislike something about the format of the episodes, or who knows what. I've worked my way through every episode of Choose FI, and I still love it. Admittedly, I skipped some parts and have ignored a few podcasts that just aren't relevant to me right now. But for the most part, I listen to every word. I listen in the car. I listen at home. I listen during my walks in the park. Hashtag health and wealth. And now I've started telling friends about it. 
I've tried a few other personal finance podcasts, including some highly regarded ones. But as with most podcasts, I get lost on those and they can't keep me interested. There's just something about the way that Jonathan and Brad interact with each other, their guests, and the listeners that keeps every episode feeling fresh and engaging. Plus, it's helping me hone in on the things I've always kind of known in the back of my mind about money and teaching me a lot of new things along the way. Thank you so much, Chris, for that feedback. All right. Our next winner is Terry. And Terry said, a lot of fire media has an underlining tone of, I'm hardcore enough for this. Are you? Chooseify is more like, I found this cool way to live better and work less. You can do it too. Let's hang out. These guys do a good job of appealing to people relatively new to FI, but also going deep enough into their topics that more experienced fires and newbies can both get something out of the same episodes. They slow down and explain terms that might be unfamiliar, but don't dumb anything down. The Choose FI guys are also personable, interact with their audience on social media, and while of course they're trying to sell themselves, they're also trying to build a movement, and they're really good at making you want to be part of it. All right, Jonathan, the next winner is Deanna. And Deanna says, the bookends of the work week. Jonathan and Brad of the Choose FI podcast are the bookends of my work week. They are making Mondays great again and potentially making Fridays a thing of the past because when I reach financial independence, every day could be Sunday. Keep it up, guys. Uh, Brad, our next one is Alex. And Alex left this review on Stitcher and said, welcome to the FI community. This is one of the most engaging podcasts I've ever listened to. I listen to a ton of podcasts and this is one of my absolute favorites because of how consistently it leaves me with tons of motivation and actionable next steps. While I have no doubt, guys, tons of value out of other podcasts I listen to, Choose FI is the one that I can clearly look back at and see how it's changed the trajectory of my finances and my life. Thanks to Brad and Jonathan and all of the great guests for having a real impact on the FI community. All right, Jonathan, our final winner is Andrew. And Andrew says, this is best financial podcast for savers. Surprisingly, this has become my favorite podcast to listen to. The hosts have organized the financial topics nicely, unlike other financial podcasts. The important points are discussed that directly reflect my life and are very relevant. I listen to each episode multiple times to make sure I am able to understand all the points to help maximize my financial goals. I can't wait to hear additional podcasts. Thanks for all the work you do. Thank you, Andrew. We really appreciate it. Okay, guys. Well, that brings this episode to an end. I did want to conclude just by letting you know that each year, usually centered around the time of the FinCon conference, there is an award called the Plutus Award, which is set aside to honor bloggers and podcasters that have really had an impact on their audiences' lives. So a couple of things come to mind. Uh, one is that we have had a lot of our guests, specifically I'm thinking of ones like Physician on Fire, Big Earn from Early Retirement Now, Coach Carson, the wealthy accountant, millionaire educator is another one, uh, Joel from Phi 180, and several, several others, and, and I'm sorry if I didn't mention your name here, uh, that not only have been on our show, but are also extremely active in our Facebook group, and I know have spent the time to directly answer your questions. And I just want to say, if you want to give back and you want to help them for the information that they provided that you found very useful, the Plutus Awards are accepting nominations right now. And you taking five minutes out of your day to put their name in and nominate these bloggers is probably the single biggest way that you can thank them for the impact that they've had on your lives. So Brad and I wanted to make that as easy as possible. And instead of you having to Google the form and find the exact one to do it, we have actually set up a short link. So if you just go to choosefi.com slash vote, uh, it'll pull up the actual form that you can fill out. It's very simple. I'm pretty sure you just put your name, your email, and then there's a couple different categories, best podcast, podcast of the year, best blogger, best new blogger, things like that. And you would just go there and just 
make a note of the bloggers that have had an impact on your life. And that is a, a really, I can't stress enough how valuable and how helpful that is for these bloggers that have been willing to come on the show and have put so much time, uh, not only into just the episode that they did with us, but also into answering your questions on the Facebook group, also responding to your voicemails, and also just churning out content week after week. Uh, It would be really cool if our audience, which has tens of thousands of people in it, if some of you would be willing to take a few minutes and go put their name in so they could get some recognition for that. Uh, And just personally, I wanted to put that out to our community and see if some of you would be willing to do that. Anyways, that brings this episode to the end. Just go to chooseify.com slash vote to go ahead and uh, take action on that. Thank you for joining us, for being a firewalker and the fire is spreading. So we'll see you next time as we continue to go down the road less traveled. You've been listening to Choose FI Radio Podcast, where we help middle-class America build wealth one life hack at a time.